This is Back to Debbie, a podcast brought to you by Campus to Canton, a podcast that specializes in college football players and their potential for NFL success. I'm your host, Mike V. This is my co-host, Corey P. In this week's episode, we're going to go over, obviously, the recent news, and we're going to look back at last year's Debbie Guide, our very first Debbie Guide, do some self-reflection, and of course, we're going to give a little bit of teasers about this year's Debbie Guide, which was completed about eight days ago on may 1st it's available to everybody if you guys want it it's for 20 bucks if you're a member it's probably already in your inbox uh but it's, it's a phenomenal product we really do think we make the best uh debbie guy product out there we really do we honestly do um but we want to give our listeners a bit of a sneak peek of this year's product uh but first Corey with the news yeah and i think the biggest news to come out in the past week is uh about a guy that me and you are pretty high on and that's old miss wide receiver chris marshall former five-star wide receiver in last year's class very raw athlete but happened to break those year one zero thresholds um and we were pretty excited about him transferring from texas a&m to old miss but now he is officially dismissed from the team apparently for violating some team rules um, Mike, I want to get your opinion on this. This is a guy that me and you are both pretty high on. I think we might have even been the highest on him in our rankings at the website. What are you going to do with him now? I'm going to ship him off for anything that I can. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's probably I, I the basic answer, right? Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know a guy that transfers unless it's like you know, one is because it's a really crowded core. You know, like Jamison Williams, like and, and uh, Trey Palmer, like they they just need to get out from shadows that are much larger than them. And then like he might have had some off field stuff last year but it wasn't really like you know nothing violent nothing like super illegal he just got caught smoking weed uh, but now that it's been twice in a row like i think i think we should just take the red flag and just move on and just get get a little bit less less risk adverse yeah and then you know that was probably our first time obviously with the smoking weed but again i'm up here in canada that stuff is legal i didn't view that as that big of an issue i probably <laughs> maybe should have put more on just yeah. the fact that he could do that and, and go against the rules like that um and then you know even there's some rule there's some stuff coming out here at um in the spring you know even in the spring game you heard uh, kiffin talking about it during the game we're still teaching him how to be kind of like one of our guys you know make sure you get the ball to the ref get lined up quickly because they they like to uh, to work in a lot of tempo and stuff so that was kind of the reason i was saying it was you, you know you got calm down the showboating you got to get lined up there were some character issues uh, coming through in that interview but then they were still very uh, affectionate about him they're saying oh super excited for him to be here so i kind of just pushed it off to the side i think you know when these kind of signs are showing showing themselves you know maybe he's just more of a knucklehead than we actually originally kind of, yeah. kind of thought of him so i think you know a lower in the rankings is is definitely well, probably on the agenda let me just let me just check my notes yeah, I, I wrote down here that he has poor decision making to win the test <laughs> and m So I mean, should have known then. That should have been the first. That should have been the first hint was when he chose we to go to Texas known. <laughs> All right, but that's enough about Chris Marshall. Let's move on. I got a transfer portal update for you guys. We've got uh, former Colorado wide receiver Jordan Tyson. He committed to Arizona State today. We've got uh, running back Jay Allen. He committed to Miami this week. Uh, Micah Pittman, formerly of Florida State, really just living off that name anymore. He goes to Utah, so we can truly stop caring about him ever becoming something anymore. Former OSU wide receiver Caleb Burton, um, known for shredding his knee in high school, still having trouble coming back from that knee and kind of flashing over there as well. He's transferred to Auburn now to kind of get a chance because, you know, obviously Ohio State's wide receiver core, very uh, crowded. Another guy there from that core as well, uh, Caleb Brown, transferred over to Iowa. He's officially uh, just going to go rest in peace over there because there's no offense for the wide receivers over there, unfortunately. And then we've got Peyton Thorne, quarterback uh, from Michigan State, going over to Auburn, hopefully supplying a little bit better passing skills over there i think he's probably going to be the the best passer of that room can hopefully bring something out of, out of that wide receiver core but uh i'll kick it to you here any of these guys stand out to you that you think are a difference maker or that you just want to talk about i am excited that auburn is being active in the portal uh they mm -hmm. definitely needed some more offensive pieces besides my superstar Cannon brown but like they needed someone to throw the ball to and and do more with um, but I want to talk about Jordan Tyson uh, mm -hmm. going from Colorado to Arizona State. I think he was a top five receiving wide receiver uh, as a true freshman um, before his injury, in which I think he only dropped down to like eight or nine. But anyway, he was a stud, and he was definitely breaking out in a big way. Uh, I wrote his profile for the Debbie guy. Watching this tape, he was a bit of a mystery. Like He just kind of had broke off big plays here and there. Um, but 
he goes to Arizona State. They have Badger. They have Gilroy, who's getting a lot of buzz. Both those guys are eligible for the draft. They'll be fourth and fifth years. So this could really pave the way to have a nice 2024 season paired with uh, Jaden Rashada. They can start building that chemistry in the offseason together for this whole like redshirt year. I know neither, neither one of us are big on Rashada, but I mean, you know, you can do a lot worse out there. I mean, you could you could do Peyton Thorne worse. Yeah, and I, and I think that Arizona State is kind of headed in the right direction. Um, you've got, I always mix up the last name, either Whittingham or Dillingham is there now from Oregon, who pretty much. Yeah, Dillingham. Re, yeah, Dillingham rebirthed Bo Nix over there. Um, again, Dillingham was also there with Bo Nix during his freshman season when he was very good over there as well. So this guy's kind of has a knack for finding offenses, even in, you know, or maybe if the talent's not fully there. So maybe he can make something come out of, the, of this group. But Rashada, Jordan Tyson, if, I don't know if Elijah Badger will stay one more year but that would look like a pretty nice core entering uh 2024 um i know gilroy's a little bit older but i mean it's a shame that he's going to be hurt this year because i could even see him i think he's a more i don't know much about gillery but i think he's probably a more complete player than gillery is he's more the type of guy that's just been talked about for his speed um i think he could have fit a nice role there as a wide receiver too so uh, other than that i'm not really looking at anybody here who's making a big difference i'm happy that these ohio state wide receivers are kind of getting a new chance somewhere else hopefully burton can bounce back from that knee injury um but yeah nothing here too exciting um the other thing i wanted to look at too is you know with the 2023 draft kind of behind us, taking a look ahead to um, the 2024 draft class, uh, a guy that me and you both respect in the industry um, in player analysis is Dane Brugler of The Athletic. Um, they released their first big board looking at the 2024 class. It's only a list of 25 players, so they don't even have uh, the top 32 yet. They don't even have the full first round. But in those top 25, for our purposes, um, at quarterback, you've got, Caleb Williams, obviously. You've got Drake May, obviously. And then they've got Penix, Michael Penix, before Quinn Ewers. So those are the four quarterbacks that they have in that top 25. Then at wide receiver, they have Marvin Harrison Jr. They have Emeka Egbuka. And then they have Xavier Worthy. Those are the only three guys they have. They have no running backs at all. And then at tight end, they just have Brock Bowers. So pretty pretty short list. Not a lot of, uh, not a lot of room here to pick guys. Um, but I was going to ask you who you think – can potentially climb into this list, potentially climb into the first round. I don't, you know, you can take some low hanging fruit here if you want. There's obvious guys here, but if you, if you can be a little bit spicy and let's hear some names that you think could possibly come out of nowhere to enter this list by this time next year. Um, So I'm not going to be spicy here on the quarterback. When I okay, <laughs> we'll be taking enough. the low hanging. Yeah. <laughs> I think Michael Penix is a very much an imposter. Uh, lefties just don't get drafted. I mean, they just, they just don't. And if you're listening off the two guys in your head, that's great. List off the other 100 didn't make it too while you're at it. Uh, but I don't think Michael Penix is a first, second rounder. I think he's more of a third, fourth rounder, but um, I'm going with Kyle McCord here. Uh, I do think whatever quarterback wins the Ohio State job is just a, such a powerful offense. They're just kind of a factory. Um, I think I think that will, out of the names not mentioned, I think that guy has the highest odds of making it to the first round. For okay, well, for yeah, I, I I guess the thing that worries me there obviously is the fact that you're pretty much totally relying on the fact of who wins the Ohio state quarterback job, but I'm not sure if I'm ready to they're say both, it's hundred. They're both talented in their own. I really do it's think true. that. I don't, I just don't know if the leash is going to be that long for McCord. If he just doesn't, if he just doesn't look like the guy that we think he's going to be. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you I know mean, what I mean? Like I'm, a, I'm saying he has to start the whole season, which means we're assuming that he doesn't. Lose yeah. The okay. Job. So that's so. fair. I wanted yeah. you to pick somebody spicy. Anyways, I think the low hanging fruit there was probably JJ McCarthy. Who's been, put in a lot of mocks recently but obviously i know you don't like him that much yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, i avoided him as well as a guy that i do like a little bit um won't go won't go deep into him but the one guy i did pick which i know you've gotten lower on but i'm going with jackson dart just i'm just mm. being spicy okay mm. i'm going jackson dart because last year was really only the first year we saw him start He's still getting used to a new system, still getting used to a lot of new guys there. Um, we still saw some flashes, right? I think he, he had like the highest big time big time uh, percentage of throws uh, per PFF. Um, we saw that big arm. He's got a little bit of mobility. It's a high flying offense. He's got the size that we want. He's got the arm talent. I just think there's a lot of things here. There was even um, at Mingo's pro day, I think it was. And, and they were talking about dart during that pro day and how scouts are raving about some of the arm talent coming out from him. I'm just saying, I think there's an Avenue here that if he puts together a really good season, 
I could see him potentially getting some buzz. I mean, we're talking about Levis as a first round pick. I don't think it's out of the question that Jackson Dart is at least a little bit better than Will Levis, in my opinion. But I guess that's a conversation for another day. That's the guy that I think I would pick there. What about wide receiver for you? Um. Okay, I I am going spicy here. I am going spicy here. Um, I like the Marvin Harrison Jr. I think and Mecca. I think they're both locked for first. I think Worthy. Mm-hmm. Just needs to clean up the hands, and, and I don't think that's too hard to do. They're saying he was injured, so we'll, we'll see. We'll know by week three or four if he has drop issues again this year. Um, but I, I'm going to go with the Vontez Walker, uh, fifth year, fifth year wide receiver for well, his fourth year playing year, college ball, fifth, fifth year, yeah. fourth year <laughs> playing college ball, fifth year since leaving high school. Um, Devontae Walker for UNC, he's tied to a Heisman quarterback. He already lit up Georgia and he kind of just lit up the whole statue across the board last year. He's one of those size speed guys. So I think come combine, I see a guy six foot three, 200 running like I don't want to say a sub four, four, but you know, he's in that area. Um, 40 at that size. I think that's going to raise some, some, uh, some pretty, some, it's going to raise some eyebrows. Some of these are going to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I still remember watching him beat up on my Georgia Bulldogs there. He broke 23.1 miles per hour, according to um, real analytics three, during, bro. Uh, during, during that game, which is just like, I, there's a lot of people very polarizing on him. I was having, even having some conversations about him in, in some other chats and, you know, saying the whole G5 P5 thing doesn't work and blah, blah, blah. but there is outliers that do work. You just have to yeah. choose where you're going to pick your battles, right? This is kind of a battle that I would also pick with with Devontae Walker because I think I see an NFL athlete there that's not this isn't Kanata Mumpfield all over again this is like you know he brings size and he brings I'm sorry Mike <laughs> he, brings, <laughs> he brings size he brings athleticism he brings a lot of those things that I think that the NFL will like I mean you could be lined up for a there's traits there and there's very yes. obvious traits there you should be able to see the traits there's NFL so. traits there think, yeah which is the big he's got there. the tools the tools yeah. <laughs> I'm going pretty much the exact same way that you did. I'm staying a little bit spicy, maybe not to some people because some people are higher on him, but we've done a bunch of flip-flops on this guy. I'm moving with Troy Franklin at Oregon. And okay. the reason I'm going with Troy Franklin is because I think he's going to test really well. We know what kind of athlete he is on the field. Um, and even watching his tape a little bit throughout last year, even watching the spring game a bit, it's apparent how many times he gets behind the defense and is just missed by Bo Nix or Nix misses the read or doesn't see him running wide open. He has that athleticism. He has the size. He's a little bit skinny. We're going to have to see him uh, put on some weight, hopefully. I don't know if he's going to end up doing it by this time next year. So we'll see that. He's got the size that we like. Um, I think he took a big step forward last year that I wanted to see. I was pretty hard on him during his freshman season for not really like flashing in any type of way. Now he kind of did that. Um, another strong year in his offense. Bo Nix returns. You know, I, I could see a path here where where he gets some of that first round buzz. So I don't I don't know, but but we'll see. Are you what are you thinking about that call? I like it. I, every time I, I I do revisit his profile. He's mm-hmm. such an enigma to me. You just don't yeah. see people his play style succeed. And I, I am a kind of a historical guy. I don't really like to bet on outliers like that. But I, rewatching Addison, I kept telling myself like he's a really dynamic too. Like he's he's still a really good player. I just don't know if he can be the one. And that's how I've been kind of talking to myself about Troy Franklin, like he can be a really great number two. Um, so I've been coming around and you know what? I'm going to raise him up tonight. Cause I still need to move down Chris Martin. So, <laughs> so there you go. So he's, yeah. He's going Addition, up a little nice bit more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so running backs, they actually had nobody in this list. So I'll just ask you straight up. There's a lot of low hanging fruit here, but do you think any of them has a chance to be a top 32 pick in next year's draft? I'm going to say no, um, but I know everyone has been saying that Gibbs at 13 was pretty, pretty insane. Mm-hmm. Um, two in, I, two I, in this first round, two in the top 15 was, picks. It was Bijan, though. It was Bijan. That was super The return expected. of the running back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I don't really think so. I do think we have three solid options coming out. You know, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. maybe no. No. Sorry. No, I don't want to be all. Yeah. No, I don't want to get my hopes up. I'm not trying to do that. I, I think there's an avenue here where, ah, you know, with, yeah, Raheem, dude, with, yeah, with Raheem Sanders, I think if he tests fairly well, I think there's an avenue there for it. I'm not sure what he's going to run. Like if he's more like four or five, like just average athlete, like whatever, then I don't know if he will, but I think like, the testing might be enough to give him the attention that he deserves to maybe bump into the first round. Cause I do think that maybe, he's maybe that kind of talent. Maybe but, the Titans take Braylon Allen, replace 
replace the king. Yeah. The I mean, but Derrick Henry was only a second round pick too. You know what I mean? So, oh, but I think I, I think the one true guy that I would go with here is if you if we got a bounce back season from Travion, given the attention that Ohio State gets, given his skill set, all around type of skill set, I think it could be him if he bounces back, which I think a lot of us believe in, by the way, we're ranking him and stuff like that. But if he does, he's the one guy I think could, could maybe slip in there. I think his injury record, which again, I'm not saying is terrible, but just because he has one automatically makes it's him gonna hurt the him. first rounder. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think these NFL teams don't want to take risks in the first, like, you know, Will Levis, Malik Willis, not first round picks. It's a lot of risk. Like they don't want to, these GMs don't want to lose their job, <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> so so I, I I think maybe it, like it, like yeah I, I think he's an early second like top top five picks in the second round top yeah top I mean we've second. seen a lot of good running backs go in the top of the second round anyway so I mean it's not it's not a death sentence here we're just kind of just taking some pokes at guys who we think might be able to sneak into that first round um, but yeah I don't think we're I don't think that we're having a Saquon top ten pick out of this running back class though. no maybe maybe not even a top fifteen pick depending on what these guys do this year so I guess we'll see what happens there last group um, tight end the only guy they had was Brock Bowers I mean we don't love tight ends here but I think you have one that you would like to talk about at least that you think is going to be a first round pick next year I do I was pounding the table for him for the Debbie guy I didn't really mm-hmm. want to fight it too much because it's tight ends I'm not trying to do that to myself or to other people. But I think I think JT Sanders has a very complete skill set. Um, Brock Bowers is definitely athletic, and he, and he offers a lot of upside. But he's undersized; he really is. I, I think they have him listed as six four, but I believe he was six foot three as like a recruit. Two thirty. I like I, I think he comes in. He's six foot three, two thirty. I really do believe that. Not saying that he doesn't get drafted. I mean, Irv Smith got that draft capital, but I think, I think JT Sanders does more i think he's a much better blocker and he's a really decent offensive weapon in his own state he's just not as dynamic but i think he does more as a complete set yeah i won't disagree with you there i don't really have any any options here i'm not a big tight end guy i think you know if i was picking some little hanging fruit maybe one of the iowa guys can be sneaky if i want to be spicy about it with you know oh, yeah. Deshay or eric all <laughs> the michigan transfer if one of them can do something um but i just want to touch on bowers i was i was listening to a very um sorry excuse me a very interesting conversation on the athletic football podcast where they were talking about tight ends and how teams are adjusting to use them. And specifically talking about the Dalton Kincaid pick um, that happened with, with the bills obviously, and how they're going to use him now. And they kind of said like, and and like the question they got asked is tight, is tight end like dying. Is it a dying breed? And they're kind of like, they reversed it. And they're kind of saying like, you're seeing wide receivers have to be paid such a high price nowadays. They really, Bills really wanted a slot wide receiver. So what did they go do? Instead of getting a guy that they're going to have to pay like wide receiver money eventually, they went a tight end that they think they can run in the slot and be that guy. And now you've got a cheaper option that has some versatility to him, has some speed to him, has a big body to him. I think Brock Bowers is kind of going to be that guy. I think he's going to be looked at as more of a wide receiver an, or a receiving threat. I don't think people are going to look at him and be like, we're going to be playing him in line and blah, blah, blah. And now with the expenses of wide receivers nowadays, there's a possibility that more teams are going to be looking at guys that they can split out wide and pay more of a tight end price and not have to pay those insanely high wide receiver prices. So it was an interesting conversation um, otherwise, but they were kind of speaking about the shift of how people, how teams are starting to use these guys. Um, so I, I still think Brock Bowers is definitely like a top. I don't know if he's top 15 or, or top 20 or anything, but I definitely think he's getting selected in the first round. Maybe JT Sanders as well. Very. I, I still think people are sleeping on Khalil Shakir. He looked great in the playoffs. Why does, why does Gabe Davis look good in the playoffs, get all the hype and not Khalil Shakir? Because like, the ball got overthrown a few times, but he, was, why he was, could have been. Well, then why were they looking, though? Why are they looking to replace him if they believed in him? I think, yeah, uh, I think they, at a certain time, Kincaid. it's just like Rashad Bateman with the Ravens. You could believe in him all you freaking want, but all their moves are telling you that they're worried about where he's either at with his injury, that they are worried about what the, how he it, that he's not performing like they thought he was going to perform as a first-round pick. They wouldn't spend a first-round pick. They wouldn't spend – they wouldn't go – go get OBJ. They're interested in Hopkins. Same thing They're here. With Dalton they are protecting Dawson Knox. Okay. Look, the Dawson Knox owners Dawson. here, not the Khalil Shakir owner. All right. No. The Dawson Knox owners. I hope you're okay with the fact that he's not going to be playing a lot of snaps. But... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not counting on him, but you know, <laughs> 
Anyways, guys, that wraps it up for uh, the news for the most part here. That that wasn't really news anyways. We just kind of got into a conversation about uh, all that stuff there. But, again, just wanted to let you guys know um, the Devi Guide did just get released, our 2023 edition, 247 profiles, advanced stats, rankings, ADP, year one zero, $20 purchase at the Campus Canton website. Or if you have a membership, you probably already have this guide. Plus, you'll have access to all our other guides, the CFF guide, the Freshman Supplemental Guide, all great stuff. So make sure you guys get over to CampusCanton.com, become a member today and reap all the benefits of uh what we have to offer you yeah so let's head on over we're, we're gonna like look at the 22 guys just do some little bit of review tied into the 23 guide here just give us a little bit of a sneak peek and we're gonna start over here with with uh tier zero um the tier zero for us are like would you call them generational would you call them like one in every five year type players like guys that we just think are so locked in to be studs at the next level I think tier zero is kind of like anything could happen and I'd still feel pretty good about them getting pretty good draft capital. You know, like Jamar Chase misses a complete year that year where he sat out there. He's still a first round pick like Marvin Harrison this year. I'll, I'll, you know, just spoil it right now. He's our only tier zero guy in the guide this year. He's the only guy I truly feel like no matter what path he takes, He's going to be making to the NFL. Generational is not a term I want to throw around. There's still a lot it's to show at the lot. NFL. Yeah. Generational prospect. Maybe we want to say it that way. I don't know if he's going to be a generational player on the next level. There's still a lot to be figured out there. But generational prospect and the fact that I feel the safest about him. I think that's what tier zero means to me is the fact that they are like the safest pick almost at the top of their plus elite upside. Yeah. And, and so last year, too, the only two tier zeros we had, I believe, was Bijan and Trey Henderson. Is that, I Which, believe that's correct. Yeah, yeah, and we, John and Robinson we, is a hit there. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're Obviously. all. I mean, <laughs> it's, so, uh, but, it's a layup. You know. Also, speaking of sports references, by the way, I don't know if you pay attention to Austin. Austin lets out at least one sports reference in an episode. I've like really clued in on it because <laughs> Campus Life two weeks ago he mixed up two sports and one reference, which really just kind of blew my mind. He said, "He said, yeah, you threw me a softball, just got hit the alley oop," and I'm like, "What? What is that? Like, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm about to get, I'm about to get in the chat. And you just got to wake up, kick a field goal, and score that strike." Like, like mixing <laughs> sports. Anyway, <laughs> I thought we shout out Austin there, but um, yeah. So so Trey Henderson lost his tier zero status. He's tier one. I think that's more appropriate. Uh, he's coming off an injury. We know how these things go. They can be an early hit, and then once injury bugs happen, when I really seen him bounce back. So I thought yeah. that was kind of appropriate to put him at tier one. I'm still comfortable with the fact that we had him in tier zero last year because I think what he showed us last year as a fresh or when we did the guide anyway. So based on two seasons ago, um, what he showed us that year, we were very excited about. He had a very good freshman season, has a very good skill set, Ohio State situation. Like, I felt very good about him. This injury kind of stuff that happened to him this year, you can't foresee that happening. You know what I mean? And in Tier 1, that's pretty much saying that we think he has a chance to climb into Tier 0 again if all things go right for him again. So I'm still pretty happy with him being a Tier 0 guy. Tier one, tier two guys are like high confidence for sure. Um, yeah. Let, let me ask you this then. We only did the Debbie guide last year. Now, let's say we were writing in 2021. Do you think Worthy coming off his true freshman season would have been a tier zero wide receiver? I think the only concern we probably would have had was weight. Was weight because he didn't hit all those boxes, right? Like like Marvin Harrison did. Yeah. Check off every box, right? So you feel good about it. With Worthy, he still had the weight issue that we kind of need to see correct itself, which okay. we still haven't seen. So that that would have probably my reason that I would have held him out. That's a good answer. Uh, let's look at last year's draft, like last year's, well, this year's draft class, but last year's Debbie guide. I thought we really nailed the quarterbacks. Uh, Young mm-hmm. and Shroud were obviously tier one. In tier two, we had we had Rich, QB9 overall, tier yeah. two, without even being a full-time starter. And then the other names that were hyped up were Levis and Hooker, and we had Will Levis tier five, which means that the team as a whole didn't think he was a round one QB going into the season. So good job for the whole Debbie team. <laughs> and then Hooker at tier four, who was a third-round pick, which is probably the upside of tier four. And then everyone else that got drafted was tier six or later, yeah. uh, which means all the day three guys were. So I, I thought that we nailed it. I thought we nailed it there. Yeah, we did a pretty good job at the top. We've got Caleb Williams here in tier one. You know, we have we've got a lot of guys pretty yeah. ranked pretty well, I I'd say. Yeah, we're pretty accurate here. The glaring um <clears throat> the, the, <laughs> glaring, the glaring mistake, what's called a mistake. Uh was Tyler Buckner at QB seven uh in our twenty twenty two Debbie guide, uh, which he quickly fell this year, by the way, guys. I will spoil this just to you know save our reputation here. He is all the way down in tier seven. He is he is plummeted. 
uh probably did he get all the way in tier seven he did eh? i yeah, think so cool. yeah yeah we killed we killed him yeah <laughs> he's still in there though he's still in there yeah, we, d- <laughs> yeah. we dug six feet and then we were like nah six more feet we got to make sure he doesn't yeah. get back up um oh, but uh no did you did, did we i'm actually just gonna ask you directly did you learn anything about giving him that type of ranking uh yeah i mean here's here's the thing the thing we like with Tyler Buckner was very good prospect, very athletic, had the the kind of Konami code that everybody was looking at, wanted to have that mobility upside, had the the arm, seemed to have a good enough arm, um, had the accolades coming in as a prospect and flashed a little bit in that freshman season, which I think gave us the excitement to kind of rank him here. And I felt like good, you know, here he is entering the season, um, good situation here at Notre Dame, a team that gets a lot of national attention. Um, I thought he was going to be in line for a very high rank, uh, climb in the ranks. I thought we were getting ahead of the curve here. Um, and this, the, the, the shitty thing here is when you ask, like, what did you learn from the situation is, I don't know if we did. Here's here's my case for this. The only thing I will say is obviously whoa, whoa. don't was, say we don't include me in this. No, I, no, I'm just saying I'm, I, I'm, I'm just saying as a group, I don't know if we did because I think in this situation we bet on the tools that we like. Are we going to stop betting on tools now? I think that we, when we bet on the tools, we already accept that there's a, a that there's a chance that the mental game might not be there as well. We're betting on tools. We're betting on the raw ability to kind of eventually become something further down the line. And if we don't see it, we're quick to pull the plug like we did this year. Was that a wrong process to do that? No, I know. I think, you know, there, I, I think you got to make your calls. You got to be ballsy. You got to say, this is what we think it is, but not be afraid to admit when you're wrong, you know, yeah. and, and not, not hold on to takes too. Cause when I did that poll on, uh, what do people think Debbie means? And I like, dude, I'm encouraging jokes in the comments. We got a lot, like I'm talking about, there's like 30 comments and probably 15 of them were involving take locks. And that's yeah. what people would think of the Debbie community. Like guys who just can't get off of the high school profile. So I, no, I don't, I, I, I don't think it was the wrong call. I'm proud of us for bouncing off him pretty quickly. Um, and, and Notre Dame bamboozled us in that bowl game. Uh, we thought Lorenzo yeah. Styles was going to be great. He <laughs> went to a whole new position now. So, so I yeah. Mean, yeah they're they're so Uh, smart over there at notre dame they they fooled the whole football community yeah oh yeah are you asking what i learned when i learned that i was i was correct in my ranking him i ranked him the worst in that tier i didn't think he belonged in tier two so i (laughs) i'm patting myself on the back for that one i don't even know where i ranked you have pulled up where did i have him ranked in the tier i had him at four i had him at five out of those okay so there's only five in that tier there's only five in that tier i'm patting myself on the back then too i'm joining you (laughs) <laughs> okay so so looking at tyler buckner though that type of quarterback someone in the top 10 maybe a top 12 if you want to be a little bit whatever let's let's look at this year's guide we never want to talk bad about anybody in our guide. we never want to say anybody's right. mis misranked or anything like that but just give never. me one guy that you're shaky on that you think might be the tyler buckner of this guide um so i i told myself I'm limiting this to the top 10. Like I'm, I'm just focusing on the top 10 because mm-hmm. I don't want to get like down to the weeds. There's really only like three or four running or excuse me, quarterbacks drafted in the first round anyway. So looking at the top 10, this feels terrible. I'm going to say Connor Wegman. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Connor Wegman. Um, tier two, uh, Q- QB seven is spoiling that there for us. Uh, actually, I think maybe six. Anyway, moving forward uh Wegman looked great in flashes and we know that looking great your freshman year isn't always a locked in thing I'm referencing Spencer Rattler and DJU there with that one so we've seen (laughs) him flash really high level of plays there were reports like in spring that he was like splitting first team reps I don't know am I am I remembering that correctly Corey yeah I mean I I think it was kind of squashed by the end of it and how they looked at in the spring game yeah yeah, that was true yes okay it's it's probably some Jimbo Fisher shenanigans but but um that was a little bit concerning, and I, I don't really have any real evidence to support this. I'm just saying that he's not a sure thing. But I'm looking at that list, and I know our, our tier one I'm feeling really good about. I want to ruin it. Yeah. You guys got to check out the guy for yourself there. But uh, the two freshmen we have kind of high, Malachi Nelson goes to Lincoln Riley, the quarterback whisperer. Like, I'm good there. Dante Moore is, like, super polished. We haven't seen him yet, but um, I don't think Colin Schley is a threat anymore. I'm not saying Ethan Garbers has won that job, but I'm I'm very confident now that Colin Schley is just not it, which makes me feel yeah. better that it's going to be Dante Moore sooner rather than later. So, yeah, I'm going with Connor Wegman. I'm just – I'm not convinced yet. Yeah, and there's a lot – there's actually some parallels to the situation. You know, both guys, like Buckner, flashed as freshmen. 
Um, both guys, high ranking prospects, um, both guys coming into this year as starters now, um, kind of in ambiguous situations though, right? Like Notre Dame, not an offense or writing home about Texas A&M, not an offense or writing home about like, so we're really gonna have to see these guys kind of grow in these situations that maybe aren't like the, 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 the best situations for them. But yeah, I, I can kind of see that. Um, I did kind of cheat just a little bit. I went just outside the top 10. I went with number 11. I went with Kate Klubnik. Maybe a low-hanging fruit because a lot of people have been talking about it a little bit as well. But, you know, when we saw him at the end of the year last year, looked very skittish. Looked, it looked like he just wasn't reading the field very properly. Very skinny guy, too. I don't see, know if I see the arm talent there. And then even... You know, reports this spring, I wanted to hear like, oh, he's taking a big step forward. Oh, he's really connecting with these guys. He's growing chemistry with these guys. None of that. You don't hear none of that. Now you're coming into the spring game and he still looks like that. I think he's through two red zone interceptions. He still looks like he has no chemistry with these guys. He's still just throwing balls up for grabs. There's like, there's no field reading there. I'm not seeing the progression there yet. So I'm a little bit worried about keeping him at the top here. I can never pull a trigger on him in drafts, to be honest with you. I don't know where I had him ranked in in that tier, but I'm going to guess it was pretty low. But he's probably the guy I feel um, could be the Buckner uh, in this and probably be ranked pretty low next year. If he doesn't take that step this year, I think he's going to be ranked pretty low next year. I, I will say this. Tier 3 of our Debbie guy feels like a lot of the guys get overdrafted, and I'm okay missing out on. And then I – almost immediately switched to zero QB in my head and I draft these QBs like round 10 and after in, in C2C leagues. Let's move on over to running backs. Uh, pretty good overall. We're just going to go right to the 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 mistake. And I don't know what to call it. But <laughs> but uh, Zach Evans is, is in tier two. Uh, highly debated being the same pure runner rate as, as Bijan. Never got to see him put it on the field. We just held on to the flashes that we saw uh, kind of ignoring the small red flags and that they were going to come together and they just never did. And so the story really isn't completely written because he, he goes to the Rams and we know late round running backs can hit. They hit far more often than late round wide receivers, at least. And running backs always get hurt. It's so rare for a running back to play the entire uh, 17 game season in the NFL. So Zach, you can feel pretty confident Zach Evans doesn't get his shot. Um, also, just for the record, Zach Evans is much better than Kyron Williams. So there's also that. But hmm. We feel pretty good about him being RB2 there, but he was in tier two of our Debbie guy last year. Tier um, one. It's, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hard, it's hard not <laughs> to feel like that's, that's a, I mean, that's a miss. I mean, you can't it spin is. that any other yeah. way. Um, unless it becomes I, like Aaron, Aaron Jones, but. No, um, I think I think this goes back to even just what we were talking about at the top of the show with with Chris Marshall, right, and how we're ready to drop off of him. We should have taken the red flags more seriously. It started with his recruitment. It started with him going back and forth between Georgia and this and, and over to TCU after and rumors of he's trying to get a bag here. Maybe he did get a bag at one place and then left them hanging and went somewhere else. Like there's a bunch of stuff. We all just attributed it to a kid who was undecisive. Okay, fine. Now TCU, there's some things coming out. of What's this mysterious injury all of a sudden? Why isn't he playing this game? Why isn't he playing this game? Then all of a sudden the stuff is coming up behind the scenes. He did, he's saving himself for the NFL. He's, again, all just reports. These are all just rumors. But regardless, sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire. And we really should have probably paid more attention to that. I think some of it too is even like, you know, we get to this group thing, group thing, thing where we're like, well, so-and-so said analyst like like top tier analyst says he doesn't seem to be worried about it so if he's not worried about it why should i be worried about it you know what i mean like we even saw guys like even up to up to the draft zach evans was still ranked in like top 100 to 120 of big boards so people were still seeing the talent there you know so i i don't there's there was things there that i think we did right as in we wanted to the five-star guy tested very well, looked very well in efficient, efficient time. But I think we just need to focus more on the red flags, him being a knucklehead. That's going to yeah. be something that I'm going to be focusing on more, a lot more in my, in my evaluation going forward. And I thought we did better about that this year. Uh, like, I know like Henderson, we just talked about Henderson. We moved him down one tier. It, we didn't even yeah. move him down that far, but at least we were kind of like, he's injured. Let's just see him do it again. You know, let, let's just see him get back healthy. Uh, other guys too, like citizen and, and Alex and Alex, excuse me. And Andrew Paul, uh, they got dropped. I'm not saying how far they got dropped. You guys got yeah. that. And not necessarily it, character concerns there, but injury concerns there injury now, concerns, right? We're, we're yeah. taking those more seriously now as we go forward. It's it's easy to get very hyped up on traits that certain players had. And then when the NFL draft rolls around, uh, we see these guys fall. You know, we, I'm going to talk for myself. I, I thought the 2023 class is going to be great going into mm-hmm. the, 
going into the season. Like not even a year ago, I thought I was going to be fantastic. I thought we were seeing like six, seven super high level wide receivers. I thought we were going to see six, seven super high level running backs. And then in the end, we got like three, two like running backs are super high level. And then we got three wide receivers that we're super excited about. It's Zay Flower fans. You can call that four if you want. That's fine. But like it, it really fell off. And so I think with these red flags, typically I get told that I, I just drop guys too fast. And now I'm like looking at how this stuff shaped out. And I'm like, I didn't drop them fast enough, honestly. I didn't drop them fast enough. So I, I am going to be far more critical following their freshman year. Freshman yeah. year, I'm not critical. I'm, I'm going to keep that motto. But sophomore, junior year, I got to see something, especially junior year. I'm sorry, especially I- your NFL year. And with running back specifically, position specific here is we're talking about a position that's devalued by the NFL now, right? So why are they going to even bother taking a chance on a guy with red flags when there's a, so many other guys to pick from? So many other, like we even saw it with Sean Tucker this year. You know, not to say again, not character concerns. Great character guy from everything that we've heard, but injury concerns. Even though we think he's super talented, he was in our tier two last year. Why are teams just aren't going to take a chance on that? They're not going to bother to take a chance on. It. And again, we didn't know anything. I'm not saying that we ranked him badly by having him there because that's something you can't predict. If we had known that earlier, then then, then that's something we could have worked out. But now, you know, looking at Trevante Citizen, who now, by the way, just reading reports about him, I was trying to find more injury news on Trevante Citizen. They're saying he might not even be ready for summer. His return is completely uncertain right now. Um, I even heard, I even saw one person. Well, I don't know if they were quoting from last year or this year, but. Uh, said that he suffered a pretty serious knee injury. And I don't know if they were referring to last year or this year. So again, just, just these red flags popping up. I think we're doing the right thing by dropping some of these guys, at least when there's that risk involved. They brought in a, J- a Jai Allen from Nebraska. Like they're yeah. signing other running backs off the waiver wire, or waiver, excuse me, off the transfer portal. Fletcher this year as well, too, like high-ranking running back, even though we don't like him as much, but still. Mark yeah, Fletcher yeah. In there, but yeah. yeah. So, so they, might be, they might be moving on from him, honestly. So I think what we learned from the situation was just to be a bit more responsive to red flags. Yeah. Yeah. At least not have them in tier one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 All right. Let's, um, let's head on over to uh, just another reflection there. I know me and you were huge Kendra fans last year. Mm -hmm. Um, The team held us back. That's okay though. I'll let it slide. Um, He ended up at the top of our tier five in the Debbie guide um, RB 2029. And Izzy Abanacana was actually RB 27 who ended up being a fifth round pick, but a very exciting player. His whole story was exciting to follow. Um, So we're looking back at our tier five running backs. And I want to ask Corey, who do you think may make the jump and become NFL draft relevant here? And maybe makes that third round draft capital out of our tier five. Yeah. So this one is, tough and i just because there's some young guys in in our tier in the new edition of the guide as well who aren't they won't exactly follow the same process of this question which is asking if they're going to be do enough to become like a third round pick next year i'll just i'm just going to go with a guy that unfortunately might be a low-hanging fruit if you've heard us if you if you're a very close follower of the show but i'll pick a guy in our tier five that i think has a chance to be climbing and continue to climb who I've been relatively high on. And that's Syracuse running back LaQuint Allen, who I think we saw in flashes last year, very dynamic guy, pass catching, um, flashing big play potential as well, breaking a lot of big plays, throwing the ball as well. And then we saw him be the lead back in that bowl game, um, total over 100 scrimmage yards, caught like 13 balls or something like that. So that's going to be a big part of his game. I think when you're looking at all those things combined and looking at a guy who's coming in, I think he's about 200 pounds, six foot. He kind of has that Rashad white build that when Rashad came into Arizona state, then put on 10 pounds and went to the NFL kind of very similar players, actually um, overall, actually, you know, same big play efficiency, same receiving upside. Um, So I think LaQuint Allen is is my guy um, to potentially climb here um, into higher tiers by this time next year. I, I picked down I wrote down a, my guy in this in this guide actually and that's Jaquindon Jackson running back for Utah here mm-hmm. hyper efficient last year definitely had some really good vision showed some really good athleticism on the field uh, just didn't have the polish that makes a running back you know like needed some some improved like high stepping some improved uh, contact balance saw him run routes didn't see him catch any passes really needed that to happen we got to see him catch passes at the spring game. Mm-hmm. So I feel pretty confident about checking that box off or excuse me, projecting that box being checked off here this season. Um, but he is an older prospect. Like this is a, this is a one year window. Like he has to do it this year for me or he's out. I'm not like holding on to him after this year. Yeah. He is I just a feel, QB converted. I, 
I feel with him, like you were just about to get into it. Sorry for cutting you off there, but you were just about to get into it. There's context I can add to his profile where I'm almost willing to give him extra years in a sense because it's like the way I'm picturing his profile is one year at running back right now. He started one year at running back and like that's it. Like I know he he, he came yeah. in as a quarterback, didn't quite make it, found his found his calling now, and I I feel like I can kind of give him some some leniency there, even if it, there is a little bit of a longer career here. And I don't know the coaching staff history here at Utah that well. But they do put in running backs in the NFL. They're mm-hmm. not really successful, but Zach Moss made it, and I think I think Jaquindon is much better of an athlete than Zach Moss is. So if he can become a little bit more polished, I think I think he's gonna be he's gonna be a, a day three, sorry, third round RB. Yeah, no, I, I I saw a lot of progression throughout the season as well. And again, like I had like sixty receiving yards in this spring game. So hopefully that's something he can add to his profile. One guy I want to ask you about here, Mike, because you kind of talk up to me about him sometimes mr mayan williams tier five you think he's going to be a guy to climb (laughs) i think i just there's always like there should we should make an award for this i don't know what we're going to call it like the mediocre running back that somehow gets hype and gets drafted you know the The bowling ball damian pierce yeah the damian pierce (laughs) of 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 two drafts ago. Then we had Roshan Johnson, you know, there's always like that early day three guy. Steve from Andre like, Stevenson, like that kind yeah, of old, decent, yeah. decent situation. And they make it work at least for one year, you know, t- Tyler Algier, you know, I, I, I actually do think mine Williams has a complete skill set. Do I think he has a high ceiling? No, but I think he checks mm. all the boxes off that a team would <laughs> want in a guy and that they want like a cheap option, like, or like just an insurance policy. I think that's their guy. You know, I really do. I think, I think mine can do it for a year. I'm just, I, I'm just not seeing it, but I'm, I'm not, not. that's just, I know that's fine. And there's lots of people that I respect that actually, that actually do like some of the things that Felix Sharp guy, you guys have probably heard very much. So um, yeah. leader of the Debbie debate there, he is very big on mine Williams and he hit on Ramondre Stevenson when he talked about another bigger guy with nimble feet, kind of the same thing. And I, I see it a little bit with mine Williams. I just don't think he's an, he's an NFL athlete. He looks slow. I don't, I don't Al, think he Al has your was an NFL athlete. Roshan Johnson was an NFL. He, they athlete. had more burst. Like, I don't know. I don't even think mine Williams has the burst. I think he had, I think he's crafty. That's what you, that's, think, that's, you think you think blocking running back Roshan Johnson has more burst. No, I don't. Sorry, I didn't realize you said Roshan Johnson. I don't like Roshan Johnson. So I, I would put them in the same tier. Honestly. <laughs> put them in the same tier as players. Actually, you know, Roshan Johnson might add more to a team given everything else he can do and the leadership there. But yeah, mine Williams yeah. talked about that a little bit as well. But anyways, no, I just don't see it there as much with mine. But I mean, crazier things have happened, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's head on over to our wide receivers here. So uh, two guys that we we hit on last year in the rankings, we really just want to highlight. It was Emeka Abuka, who wasn't expected to do anything. They were expecting him to be the third option on the team. It was supposed to be Marvin Harrison. It was supposed to be uh, JSN. But Emeka really blew up this year, you know, and he was ranked wide receiver 10 for us last year, you know, with only playing like a handful. Of, I can't remember how many snaps. I know it was like super minimal. We were like, this guy's wide receiver 10 going into the season. And now he's, is he tier one for us? Okay. No, let's let the audience look it up for themselves when they yeah, buy it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, okay? yeah, there you but go. Emeka Buka, a- believe it or not, that was a huge hit for us. He's obviously higher ranked than last year. Oh, and Barry Brown at 22. Okay, anyway, a lot of freshmen we hit on too. Uh, two guys that people are barely ranking that highly during last offseason. What are some of the things that lead up to us being so high on these guys? Like, what are your thoughts about, like, why we put those guys so high? Yeah, like, I mean, some of these guys, even like, I'll, like, I'll even speak to Barry and Brown a little bit. And I just want to give a shout out to our recruiting team over at CDC, you know, like some of the things we have to work with, you know, they're measuring miles per hour, they're measuring the athleticism of these guys, they're measuring the burst, they're really looking into the games, they're charting games, sometimes looking at the full package. So even a guy like Austin being super high on Barry and from being part of our recruiting team and looking in on him, that's part of that's, a, that's another thing that we have in our pocket that a lot of other companies don't have. Um, the work that these guys are doing behind the scenes are giving us a more complete picture of the freshman rather than just leading, reading that 247, watching that huddle tape and then making our assessment like a lot of the people in the industry are doing right now. You know what I mean? And so so that right there really gives us gives us a step in front, I believe. Another reason you should really sign up for to become a member of campus again, you get access to all those tools, you get access to all those things. Freshmen, we've got comps to them, we've got athletic comps to them, everything like that. Like they're doing amazing stuff over there. So that is one reason that I truly believe that we are we are allowed to be more aggressive on these, on these freshman wide receivers. Cause I think we have a more complete look at them. Honestly, I really do. And then like with a Mecca, I mean, 
like, I think we all, I mean, he was a former number one wide receiver in his class. We knew the talent was there. He's in the situation to succeed. I can't really understand why he was going in the fourth, fifth round. Maybe we, some people are just worried because he hadn't done that much yet. Um, but I mean, he, he's ranked appropriately now and Ohio state wide receiver uh, looking as good as he's looking. I think that pretty much writes a story for itself. Yeah. I, I can't really add, add anything else to that. I really do agree. Um, what our recruiting team does for us is such a head start. And it's, it's not like we can sit here and say, Oh, well, I'm more accurate than 24 seven sports. 24 yeah. seven sports doesn't really factor in landing spot. So it's very easy for us to be like, well, this running back's going to a G five team. So I can just push him to the side. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's, it's kind of cool that we get to kind of see hindsight of what they, all the work they do and factor into our analysis. But uh, it's, it's really awesome what a recruiting team gives for us. Uh, but let's move on over. Jonathan Mingo. John, John, I'm patting myself and Barmas Lee on the back. Only guys coming out of the senior bowl, hyping up Jonathan Mingo, saying he was the best one there. Not Jaden Reed, not <laughs> Tank Dell, but it was Mingo who was the best wide receiver there, hands down for us. He got early day two draft capital. Picked 39 overall, I believe, 37 overall, somewhere in that, in that area. Um, but on their Debbie guy, we had him at tier seven. He was a post-hype guy, disappointed for three years straight. Four years if you really want to go there. But mm-hmm. it's kind of a disappointment compared to what was expectations. But he got the draft capital. He certainly has the opportunity in front of him to make it happen. And I wanted Corey and I to take a look at our Tier 6, Tier 7 and pick out one wide receiver that we think is going to surprise us. Okay, so a guy who's going to have like a mingo-like rise, right? Like come on, kind of kind of come out of nowhere, maybe a late career guy, maybe for buckling down. You know what? I'm just going to go with the low hanging fruit here and make for an easy conversation. I didn't take the low hanging fruit all, all, all mm. show. So I'm taking it here. I'm just going to go with the guy that I, my guide in, in this thing. And it was only from tier seven to tier six, but it's just because I've liked what I've seen in very small sample sizes that much. That's USC wide receiver, Brendan Rice. Yes. Son of hall of fame wide receiver, Jerry Rice um, mm. really hasn't done much until this point, but we did see him flash last uh, bowl game when um, Jordan Addison was sitting out. He really acted as a number one wide receiver there. He's got the size. He's got the athletics. Um, he's got a Heisman quarterback and entering the spring. Now, you know, Dorian Singer comes in, they bring in all these high, the, these high ranking freshmen. We're not really worried. Um, we're not really um, sure where he's going to sit on the depth chart, but lo and behold, spring game opens up. He's a starting wide receiver. He plays Caleb Williams drive. And then he's out for like the rest of the game. He never plays again. That pretty much like gives me a lot of confidence in what I think his role is going to be in this team. I think that there's a chance he might be what do- people are expecting. Dorian Singer is going to be this year. That's just where I'm kind of going with this. I think I like the player a lot. It's a long shot. We're talking about tier seven guys here. Mingo was a long shot there as well, but that's who I'm going to go with here for, for a climber by next year. I like that, dude. You wouldn't believe who was the only guy that wanted to put him in the Debbie guy last year. <laughs> blow your mind. That would be Mr. Mike Valerie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about my misfits in a little bit here, but I'm, my guy here is Jeremiah Hunter. Why is he from Cal? I think he's, He's a good athlete. He's a good athlete. He's been productive. He's been productive every single time he's gotten the opportunity. He, he's beaten Christian Gonzalez. Like He went up for almost 100 yards in a touchdown against Oregon when he was in coverage against Christian Gonzalez, who was a 17th overall pick to the Patriots. He's been productive against NFL corners. He's been wide receiver one on his team for two years straight now. And you might look at him and be like, well, you know, he didn't do anything his freshman year. The Pac-12 only played four games his freshman year. Like, he didn't really have much of an option to do anything. I think he actually just straight up opted out the whole time. So since touching the field, though, he's been a, he's been a stud. I called him out at the last Fantasy Football Expo on live. Uh, Felix Sharp pulled me in and said, give us one name for a guy that you got to look out for, Jeremiah Hunter. And he goes and goes on to have like a really quiet, like almost thousand yard receipt. I think he might have actually hit a thousand yards this past year. And no one, no one really liked Cal's offense, but he was still productive in Cal's offense and just making it happen. I mean, we'll see about this year. It's a new QB. It's a new coach. It's a whole new system. He just happens to stay, but uh, he's my guy here to surprise people with the draft capital he gets next year. No, and this is another one of the case. I mean, we, we do this a lot to each other where we talk about guys so much, we eventually start to become, they eventually start to become our guys. <laughs> so uh, like uh, Jeremiah Hunter is a guy that I've started to watch a little bit more with the more you've talked to him. And I, again, I was also a J. Michael Sturdivant fan. So I was watching a little bit more tape as well. But 
Hunter did flash off the screen, man. There was some very nice body control moments, some very nice high pointing the ball, winning at the, I don't know about the athleticism. Like, I don't know, yeah. like, like, where's your take on that? Do you think he's more of a possession guy or do you think he has the athleticism to kind of win over the top? I'm going to say he's more of a possession guy. I know yeah. he plays outside, but I, I think, I think he's more in the possession. I'm not, he's not that freaky of an athlete. Yeah, like that's that that's kind of where I am. That's maybe my one thing that I don't know that maybe he ends up a, a day three guy because of that, or he doesn't have a big enough season with everything that Cal is going through. Uh, bringing in you know Sam Jackson as quarterback is more of a, sometimes more of a rusher. They didn't really look that good in the spring game as well, so I don't really know where they're headed. But hopefully everything lines up for him to kind of, to kind of be that guy uh, this year. But I like that call from you. Let's let's head on over to just one player that didn't make it to the guy that we should have written. I think you have a name you want to talk about right off the bat. You've talked about him before a little bit here and there. I Well, I brought him up like in the last weeks leading up to the guide. So, you know, we're just talking about guys, you know, I think that are at least interesting in the Debbie community. Guys are talking about them. Guys are, guys are wondering where they should be, uh, where they should be ranking him. I think a guy that we, we could have talked about at least to steer people in a certain direction, especially if we don't believe in him, which we kind of don't. That's Florida state wide receiver, Johnny Wilson. Um, this guy is very, and I get why people are interested. He's a six, seven wide receiver. We do not see that very often. He was a high ranking wide receiver in his class as well. I believe even through the recruitment cycle, he was as high as the number two wide receiver in his class before I think settling in like around five or six or wherever the hell he ended up settling. in. I can't really remember at this point, but then goes to Arizona state starts as a true freshman um, on the outside. I remember, but then just, you know, the hands, man, the hands just kept eating away at him. He kept dropping balls, couldn't bring it in. Those problems have also followed him over to Florida State as well now. Um, but he had a huge season there at Florida State. So now people are wondering, always, oh, is, is he the guy that, you know, was deserved that high ranking back in the day? Um, and not not to say, like, even with that size, he's a pretty good athlete. I'm, some people have questioned it as well, but 37-inch vert verified, 4.5940 verified. He's a very good mover for a guy of his size i will say though i still i'm uncertain of where the path is going to lead from to nfl success i think there's a potential he's just a day three guy there's a potential that he's going to sit on rosters for a bit even throw on a highlight tape of johnny wilson for yourself right now if you like johnny wilson right now while you're listening go put on a highlight tape of him tell me how many body catches you see okay because i think it's like 90 percent of his catches on his high tape is like body catches okay the hands are, are an issue, but a six, seven guy with athleticism. I think the one route here is a lot of people talk about it, but it's the Darren Waller transition, becoming a wide receiver, becoming that more athletic tight end and learning how to block at the next level and being that, that type of player. Um, if not more of a role wide receiver depth guy with some size, Auden Tate that you're going to throw on in the red zone, be more of like that Bengals guy. Those are the kind of things we, that's why we didn't include him, but I think he was interesting enough that people were going to at least want to know about the profile. Yeah, I can't believe that you just referenced a vertical for a guy that's six foot seven. I just can't believe you just did that. <laughs> Why? They don't. They don't measure. He's already, he's already there. The, he's already. They don't measure there. it from the floor. They measure the difference from your highest point no, you're reaching okay, to yeah, when yeah, you I jump. Kind of forgot it. About oh that. my god! I gotta teach Mike how to do. Oh my goodness! Okay, give me your right. guy. Let's go. It's late. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I had two here. I wanted to mention Michael Pratt, who I actually believe was already mentioned by Austin. I know one of the founders. One of the founders know mentioned it. Uh, he's. He was efficient at the G5 level, 3,000 uh, passing yards, 27 touchdowns, five picks. Like, that's pretty efficient. Now, not a lot of games that, like, blow you away. I think, like, UCF was, like, his best game, um, which does have a very decent defense, especially when you compare it to G5. Like, that's a really good defense they're playing against. They put in some talent in the NFL, not this year, but definitely in prior years they have. So, Michael Pratt would probably deserve to be ridden. I really do feel like we all have him ranked. I'm pretty sure I do I have him ranked as well, actually, but we didn't write him up. And then um, – Anaya Smith, why is here for Texas A&M here? He's flashed quite a bit. Now, he definitely has some off-field issues. Uh, I don't really want to speak to that. But just if we're just looking at pure talent, I think maybe he deserves to be written. Yeah, I know he, he, these guys dealt with some injuries as well. Very interesting career yeah. for for Anaya's in the long run. Like, I think, like, one of the comps I even gave him, like, back in the day when I watched him, it's almost like he's not this type of athlete. And that's why I say he's, like, not – as athletic Kadarius Tony, meaning he can do everything that you ask Kadarius Tony to do, but I don't think he's definitely, he's as successful at it. He's not as athletic as that. Um, but again, this was a guy who 
played running back pretty much for like one year there with Texas A&M. Then, you know, played their slot wide receiver and led them as their slot wide receiver the next year. And then last year, you know, dealt with the injuries and stuff like that. I think he's a very versatile player. I think he's a player that will make it to an NFL team. There's been a lot of talk about his leadership abilities as well, too. So maybe a strong presence in, in the room. But I do still think he's probably a day three guy. But again, maybe a guy at least somebody would be looking for in the guide. I mean, we wrote up Frank Gore Jr. for, for freak's sakes. I mean, <laughs> there's probably a nice Smith we probably could have written up as well who falls into that bucket. But again, you when you start thinking about every player that falls into that bucket, this guide would be like 500 pages. Honestly, we have to cut it off somewhere. So I'm still pretty happy with where we cut it off. A lot of the guys that we did leave out, I don't necessarily think have NFL future or would surprise us if they, if all of a sudden they, they hop on the radar as big time potential NFL guys. So I'm pretty happy with the lists that we've at least come up with. Yeah, I agree there. Let's move on to our last section. This is, this is more of a me section more than the Corey section. But he, he, can, he can comment <laughs> along the way. Uh, it's Mike's misfits. It's, it's the group of names we give for these nobodies that I bring up that I want to write about because yeah. I usually get done with my write-ups a little bit sooner than other people. So I, I want to write some of the, my guys. Well, out I mean, there. I yeah, well, I mean, to, to, to bring it back a little bit though, too, I mean, Mike and me are kind of the guys who, who make the list originally to begin with the guys we're going to yes. think, and then guys pitching their names or whatever. So we've affection, we've pretty much named a group of guys that Mike puts in every year. These really lowly ranked guys that he just has an affinity for that nobody else has ranked. Yeah. We've named them. The, we've named them the misfits. Mike's misfits I, every year. So, and I write them before <laughs> someone has a chance to tell me I can't, I already yeah. put in the work. So, <laughs> so they're do? already in. They're already yeah. in. Yeah. So la- last year, the misfits were Donovan green, uh, Dewan Loft, Donovan Green, wide receiver for Wake. I think that name is pretty familiar. But Dewan Lofton, wide receiver for Virginia Tech. Ooh. Kobe Hudson, wide receiver for USF. Nah, Malik McLean for Florida State. Uh, Nick Anderson for Oklahoma. Brendan Rice, who Corey talked about earlier, yeah, yeah. Uh, wide receiver from Colorado to USC. Um, and then Amari Evans, wide receiver for Penn State. And Brashad Smith, wide receiver for Miami. And then the only running back I put in there was Jonathan Brooks. Really liked his spring game. Some of those guys made it back, Corey. Is all I'm saying. Some of those guys <laughs> live long enough to make it back. Amari um, Evans is back. Brendan Rice is back. Jonathan Brooks is back. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if, if I'm looking at this list of yours, those are two the, probably the two guys I'm obviously mostly still interested in. I will say Kobe Hudson had, like, a pretty decent year last year for, yeah, for UCF. I so, like, I, I used him so, in C2C a couple times. I but. was so pumped. I discovered him. I'm looking at the cut-ups that Brandon Lejeune does. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, this guy put on a show for two games. I love him. And then it took, like, a week of me looking stupid. For, I think it was Austin, <laughs> who said, like, you know yeah. this guy transferred, right? And I'm like, what? And I look him up, <laughs> and he had that USF. But it's too late. I've already hyped him up, and it's too late. So I thought he was sticking with Auburn. And I'm like, this guy, this guy, this guy was great against Mississippi and Alabama. This guy's great. Yeah. Well, Brandon Rice, I'm obviously big on. Brashard Smith maybe has a chance there at Miami to do something. I'm not sure. He's kind of he's kind well, of really now. active in that spring game. Is my thing. No, and the root the the talk is that he's running with the second team for the most part. So that um, that makes sense though, because Restrepo was really good last year in his one game review, which is why yeah. I like not to get too far off on a tangent. I'm a little worried about Colby Young because Restrepo looked really good last year in his one game, and watching the spring game, it was mm-hmm. clearly a. Uh, a split between those two for top. Well, target. it looks like Restrepo is going to be their number one target, but it looks like Young is still going to start on the outside for what it's worth. I don't know if that'll equate to him being yeah. that that highly targeted. But your 2022 misfits, though, here before we before we move on to your new guys, and besides <laughs> yeah. Jonathan Brooks, because I don't like Jonathan Brooks. <laughs> so <laughs> tell me, and besides obviously the my guys there, yeah. any of these guys you still have hope for? Um. A little bit of Kobe Hudson. I guess, uh, yeah. I Kobe laid that Hudson. one up. I laid that one up. For and you. Nick Anderson, year one zero, he's gone. Malik McLean, yeah. I talked about before, and I think his best case scenario is the Shrine Bowl, and those guys don't get drafted at all, 0%. So that's done. And then the you don't think Lofton. The, you don't think, I mean, besides, we don't even have to talk about Lofton that much, but Donovan Green. You don't think that there's some, like, just not not to say he's not, like, you know, flashed a little bit as a freshman, had the injury. Now he's getting a chance with that room clearing out now. Um, maybe there's an off-brand chance he could become the number one wide receiver there again? There is, yeah. But I'm thinking yeah. maybe, like, I'm talking about, like, best-case scenario. Yeah. Senior Bowl invite, and then he's, like, like, falling into that, like, Xavier Hutchison, Dontavian Wicks kind of bucket. And yeah, then he's, yeah. like, a late-day three guy, and then, like, yo, who cares at that point? Yeah. Yeah. 
So that's that's where I'm at with those guys. So not cool. bad, not bad. I I give you so how many names are here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So out of nine misfits, I'm giving you two, two out of nine. Well, three. Brooks made it back. Three. All right. I'm not giving you Brooks because <laughs> I don't think he's gonna. If Brooks makes it to the NFL, then you can have this one. I don't think he's. I don't think he is. Okay. Well, I'll move on to my my 2023 misfits. I feel much okay. better about this group. I'm feeling pretty. I'm advanced feeling like, process. Your advanced. Your, dude, your process. Took a step seven out of ten. These guys are gonna make it back. All right. Or they get drafted. Let's break it down. Seven out of ten. He predicts. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's not very smart. But yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you who's going to fail first. Makai, Makai, Malachi Fields, sorry. Malachi Fields is going to fail because UVA is just a dumpster fire. Yeah, I don't even know who the quarterback one. I think the quarterback's from, from like Mammoth University, like FCS school. And yeah, that, that program's on fire. So I'm sorry, Malachi. You're just a, I, um, a casualty of four. We'll go through the list. Name all your guys. Makai Jackson, uh, FCS freshman that received for over 900 yards as a true freshman. I think he scored a touchdown every single like punt return, kick return, rushing and receiving, which is just amazing. Amari Evans is back on my list. I don't know if I can because he's kind of like a re- everyone believes in him. Maybe I should delete. I'm gonna delete him. Everyone believes yeah, in him. He doesn't, he doesn't count anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Joseph Grissom from uh, Boston College. Boston College. Yeah. He was a red zone target. I mean, he was looked for in the red zone. I imagine that has to carry over. I mean, they didn't bring one in to replace their red zone target. They brought he's in like six three, right? He's he's six four, two hundred. Six four. Yeah, he's, he's a skinny guy, but you know, true freshman, so hopefully puts on that weight. But no drops, like zero drops. By the way, out of all of his targets, he has zero drops on his profile for like mm-hmm. twenty eight targets or something like that. Um, Elijah Spencer, uh, another G five to power five guy going to Minnesota. He's you, you've looked at him. You kind of liked some of his footwork and his ability. And then in his spring game, he was targeted like five times in a row. Like he was definitely, mm-hmm. I think, the number one target on his team. We'll see if that carries over to in season, but I'm confident he's the one or two in that offense for a wide receiver. Octavian Smith Jr. is with Maryland. He's athletic. He's a safety converted, just like the Jordan Addison store, you know, athlete. But rotated in with first team in the spring game. Uh, Camden Brown, I'm going way too long to this thing, but Camden Brown, Camden Brown from Auburn. I've talked about him enough. We're going to skip over him. Chris Bell from Louisville is an actual NFL athlete. He's your prototypical ex. He has a phenomenal head coach in Jeff Brom. And there's just, there's just other guys that also have potential there to be productive. But as far as NFL trades goes, it's him. It's him. He's the NFL trade guy on that team. Jeremiah Hunter, we already talked about. He's on that list from Cal. And then my one running back this year, Jonathan Brooks last year, the running back this year, TJ Harden, UCLA. He's going to be Carson Steele. Go ahead and write that in the books. He's going to be Carson Steele. Yeah, and for what it's worth, like Steele, we went over it, I think, in the news like two or three episodes ago or maybe in four at this point. But Steele was having a little bit of a rough spring, fumbling the ball a lot, not looking super explosive. A lot of the a lot of the quotes that I saw was hard-nosed, ran hard, picked up good yards. Like you never really heard like, explosive and that's kind of what he was at ball state a little bit was you know breaking off those big chunk yeah, runs you, even you without the his compliments work. like if they're real compliments that they're just trying to be nice you yeah know? yeah that's that was kind of the what i was getting from the reports a lot but you know tj harden he's breaking yeah. off big plays he's looking good he's looking uh another year in the system and he's looking good so well we'll see we'll see about that one that one that one i might even I, i'm with you more than i am with jonathan brooks yeah but it's I, like it's like when when teams are like you ask about a running back like culture guy and it's like okay but like you know as a player what about as a player yeah great culture great <laughs> <in> the locker room <laughs> uh, of of your misfits this year the only thing that I would say about your misfits this year is like the one thing like you know when I'm kind of going deep is like I want to hang my hat on something like elite some kind of elite trait. Um, mm. Where I don't know if I see that in any of these guys. So I see Malachi Fields very good, like like X wide receiver, possession wide receiver, looking to a little bit because of you, Makai Jackson. Um, you know, coming from this super low level of competition, making the jump up. Maybe somebody who might be more on your your Kanata Mumfield spectrum of you know your route runners. So yeah. like, I don't know what kind yeah. of kind of yeah, out yeah, athlete yeah. he is. Joseph Griffin might just be your taller red zone threat. I don't know what kind of athlete he is. Spencer might just be so. I don't know. I like I'm uh, I'm missing the elite trait with a lot of these guys. A lot of them feel good, not great. You know, but maybe that's kind of like the theme of the misfits because you know you're just I, I betting think, on some talent you like a little bit. I think the top two misses here are Makai Jackson and Malachi Fields. Like that's gonna be my top two misses. Like you can write those off, but I'm feeling that's your two. I, I kind of like what I saw from Octav- Octavian Smith, though. Yeah, some, I'm some feeling overly confident. Obviously, they're my misfits. I'm feeling yeah. overly confident about 
these guys and I'm I'm stashing them. You know, these are more C2C assets. These really aren't Debbie assets. These are more yeah. like perfect C2C stashes late in your late in your draft. Those guys that are available like round 15 to round 20 that you're going to get production from and maybe just maybe have some Devi upside. Dude, these you know guys what I are mean? available like, around 25, 30. Yeah, 30. Some, yeah, some of them. Are, but I mean, like, like, like Jeremiah Hunter is going like 15, 14 yeah. around there, something like that. So, yeah. But anyways, enough about your misfits, man. Let the people go home. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We really do appreciate the Devi guy. Once again, it's available for $20 here. I don't think there's a better product out there. I really do believe that next week, we will be going over a ranking review here. We're going to talk about some of our spring movers. Um, we've we've gotten to see all the spring. We've gotten to see the news. Transfer portal is closing up. We will be going over a rankings update next week. Guys, from Corey and from Mike, thank you and good luck.